If you're too afraid of the fear of failure, so thinking that, well, this isn't gonna work, so I may as well not try, then you put that barrier in front of yourself. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast today. I've got Kelly Cookson from Cheer Up Marketing and we're gonna be talking about positive psychology and how it can influence your marketing and your business. Kelly, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Hello, thanks so much for having me. So, I, I always do this, for the uninitiated, who are you and why should we listen to you? <laughs> okay, great question, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, okay, so I'm a marketer by trade. So when it comes to talking about marketing strategy, I've been doing it for 15 years now. And I actually have a business degree where I specialize in marketing. So there's my official qualifications. That's um, like, that's such code word for, uh, I'm interrupting already, but that's such okay. code word for there's fucking loads of marketing charlatans out there, but I've actually got some <laughs> qualifications. Well, everybody's a marketing expert these days. If you go on Instagram, they're all over the place. So I thought I'd better just tell you yeah, I have actually like got it. the certificate. From like the it, university. yeah. Um, so prior to this business, I've been running Cheer Up Marketing for just over three and a half years now. So I started it in January 2020, which was great timing just before mm. the pandemic hit. But I didn't know that that was going to happen, of course. None of us did. But I think... Um, I was pretty lucky. A lot of my clients, well, all of them actually wanted to continue marketing throughout the pandemic. So I managed to grow my business despite that minor hiccup. Yeah. Um, and before that, I was head of marketing for an international software company as well. So that's my marketing credentials. I can fill you in on the positive psychology side of things because you mentioned about mindset and how it can influence your marketing, and your business. Yeah. Um, so last summer, it was August 2022, I took a positive psychology coaching certification mm -hmm. after realizing that I was giving marketing strategies to all of my clients and they were doing the work but sometimes there was this thing that kept cropping up and blocking them and it was mindset and I knew what I'd been doing in my business and behind the scenes with my own mindset I'd certainly had coaching and some mentoring and support that way and I wanted to be able to blend that for my clients with the marketing but I didn't have the credentials there so I went off and did a certification in positive psychology which blew my mind in all the best ways possible and now I tend to help clients with that alongside the marketing side of things nice so that's a really interesting piece in terms of um not many people will have heard of marketing companies other than Codebreak <laughs> that <laughs> offer the mindset piece mm -hmm. um and to be honest you're the only other one I've ever come across so oh, we're like unicorns then yeah well not anymore so <laughs> <two of us. laughs> yeah um what made you do that? I know you briefly touched on it, but to decide to go and do a positive psychology certification, you know, yeah. there's, there may be a few marketers out there that have done a coaching certification, mm -hmm. but not that. Yeah. So I had never, ever thought of mindset before. Right. So I'll go back to when I worked in corporate and the only kind of personal development that we ever got was maybe learning a new piece of software or some of the like upper management might've had some management yeah. training, like me being middle management, I didn't really get anything like that. And yeah. so there was no kind of like personal development in terms of yourself or your mindset. And when I started my own business, I suddenly realized, with, you know, I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, but it was all on me to like make it a success. And I realized that I, I could learn things like how to run the finance side of things or, you know, how to mm. hire a small team. But there was this huge piece of self-belief that I suddenly realized needed to get developed, um, which was the mindset side of things. So it was like this whole light bulb moment of, oh, my God, I'm going to have to develop myself like internally and with my mm. mind as well as the skills. So, um, you know, over like the first sort of 
six months to three years really of my business, I looked at getting some support and mentoring and coaching. Um, but I was never really looking specifically for the mindset side. I was always like, well, I want someone to teach me how to do sales because I don't know how to do sales. I've just been marketing. But what I found then was that coaches that I got involved with and the mentoring that I had, they knew, they knew that I needed mindset support as well. So that was kind of brought in as like a natural um, kind of addition to any kind of coaching you get. It's like, well, it's mindset. Let's work on your mindset. And I really had this light bulb moment of, oh my God, if I can work on this side of myself and it almost the rest of it takes care of itself like you can learn the strategy the xyz of how to launch a course or sign new clients that kind of thing but if you don't work on yourself then you you are the block the thing that's going to stop you from getting there yeah so realize that for myself and got plenty of support that way which then brought me around to well I need to give this to my clients as well because a lot of them are similar to me in terms of running their own business like solopreneurs and I could see themselves getting in their own way, much mm. as I had started to when I started my own business. So that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, so we we tend to work with businesses that want to get to seven figures or mm-hmm. their next seven figures. And exactly the same cycle. So everyone um, wants to get to six figures. They want to hit that mm-hmm. 100K mark. And then they forget everything they learned that got them to there. And then they decide that they need to learn a whole new set of skills to get to seven figures. Mm -hmm. But roughly the fundamentals are the same. And it's fascinating how all the sort of chickens come home to roost in business. (laughs) So like, and I guess, you know, if you're a sports person, it would be the same in sport. If you're an entrepreneur, it's the same in business that you'll, maybe you've never had 50 grand in the bank before. Mm-hmm. And so you don't quite know what to do when you do have 50 grand in the bank or it's kind of like burning a hole in your pocket. Or mm-hmm. maybe maybe you've never felt the pressure of taking on a six-figure contract before. Or maybe um, you've never really been able to see things through to the finish. So how, from a positive psychology perspective, how do you sit in front of a client or a prospective mm-hmm. client and tell them that the problem is them? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I just ask them the question, uh, where, what, like, I always ask them, where do you want to be and where are you at now? And then I'll say, where are you stuck? Or what's getting in the way then? You know what you want to do, what's getting in the way? Yeah. And 90% of them say, oh, well, it's me. And it's like, they've had that light bulb moment. Um, so they do generally tend to know it's them. But I think when it comes to like entrepreneurship, the the one kind of key thing, if we're talking about positive psychology, is this idea of growth mindset versus fixed mindset, right? That people have to have. Because if you go into any kind of business venture or an experiment within your business, so whether it's launching a new service or even making a new website live or something Mm. like that, or changing your Instagram handle, like it can be a simple thing. If you're too afraid of the fear of failure, so thinking that, well, this isn't going to work, so I may as well not try, then you put that barrier in front of yourself. So when it comes to supporting my clients to actually implement the marketing strategy or make the sales call or, or do the thing, it's all about looking at this as an experiment and a challenge that you will learn from whether yeah. you fail, and I'm saying that in air quotes, fail or not, because if you don't put yourself forward for opportunities or if you don't launch the thing or make the call then you will always be stuck where you're at right 
So yeah, it sounds yeah. so simple, but the amount of times where people have this fear of failure or they, they don't know that they're more fixed mindset than growth mindset oriented, I think shining a light on that and learn, you can actually learn the skill of being growth mindset yeah. and focused as well. If you are naturally more fixed or scared of failure, the good news is you can train yourself to actually become more growth mindset. So I think yeah. that's the biggest thing that's helped me as well as my clients. Yeah, what's the famous quote? Whether you think you will or think you won't, you're right. And it's you're right. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it, that whole like because we talk to our clients a lot about growth mindset and abundance mindset, and yeah, the idea that if you're going into this new ad campaign, website launch, like you said, email funnel, and you think mm-hmm. you think it's not going to work, you've already increased the chance of failure. And, yeah. and like you say, air quotes failure because there's so many lessons to be learned from every failure that actually you could spin any failure into a success essentially. But yeah, um, I think there's a lot around risk as well. So I found that since starting this business, I'm actually quite happy with a fairly high level of risk in yeah. terms of trying new things or investing in myself and the business. And even for you know taking that leap from my um, paid job. So we haven't necessarily talked about that, but thinking about growth mindset versus fixed, mm. I see a lot of people don't actually take the leap from their employed job, like they've got a side hustle maybe, to actually go in something all in. Whereas um, when I started this business, I was already employed like a safe job, you know, as like marketing yeah. manager. I was working three days a week after maternity leave, but you know, that money was coming in every month and that was guaranteed. But it was that making the leap of, well, let's start a business. And I just had that undying belief that it was going to work and that I was going to make my salary straight away in the first month, which I did. But that comes down to the growth mindset thing. Well, I'm going to do it. Like, let's go for it. And I think I'm actually quite naturally highly, um, up for taking a risk <laughs> yeah and i think there's a real risk as well of having your foot in two camps mm-hmm. if you're if you're spending three quarters of your week as an employee yeah it's very hard to perform as an entrepreneur yeah because, because you're doing everything for the benefit of somebody else and exactly. so so you you mitigate risk because you don't want to get sacked it's a very different mentality where like i I kind of coach our clients, particularly if if they need a lot of work on growth mindset, is to f- fail quickly. So, yeah. like, look, like a lot a lot of people come to us and they have a lot of ideas, and it's kind of a blessing and a curse for an entrepreneur that they're constantly yeah. having ideas. So I'll be like, well, come on, then let's test a few, but we're going to test them rapidly. So you're mm-hmm. going to know you're going to know within the next one week or one month what works and what doesn't. And and then you see their kind of fixed mindset kick in and they're like, yeah. So you're saying it might not work. <laughs> yeah, that's the exciting bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So how do you kind of politely point out to somebody and what are fixed mindset traits? Mm. So I think the, the fear of actually starting anything. So procrastination will show up quite a lot or making excuses. Well, this isn't a good time for me to hit live on that campaign or make that, you know, launch that thing. Sales yeah, I'll make that call. One. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Um, so people always actually will say they're too busy to do the lead generation and the selling 
which comes back to my whole, I work 20 hours a week and my business is growing and doing really well because I prioritize the revenue generating tasks. So I see within the clients that are stuck or a fixed mindset, do not want to do the revenue generating tasks first, because guess what? They're the things where people can say, no, I don't want to buy your thing or actually, no, I don't want to say yes to your proposal. Um, So I think by prioritizing that, like that's one of the things I always point out. Well, you're spending an hour of your day in the morning, checking your emails and doing your admin why aren't you making that sales call or hitting live on that campaign in that time to actually make the money? And they're like, well, mm, it gets down to it. It's an excuse that like they're scared of failing. Yeah. So scared of failure if, or scared of rejection. I think. Yeah. hundred percent, which we all are, I think, but the more you get those no's, the more the yeses you get. It's like the whole go for no mindset. Like, well, yeah, you, I, I quite like chasing the no, no. Like that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, get into the place where it's like, well, they haven't said no yet, so I'm going to keep pushing. Yes, go, go, go until you get a no or a yes. That's what I say to my clients. Like, don't leave people just, you know, simmering along where, you know, you never know they might actually be a yes, but if you haven't chased them up, it's just because they were busy or they've been on holiday or something. Yeah, yeah, that whole, like, uh, that I'll think about objection is a slow no. So you might as well speed it. You might as well speed speed it up. up. Well, have you got the money or not? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I, I need to speak to my partner. Okay, then. Yeah. I'll wait. Go and speak to it. Yeah, go on then. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, but do you know, it sounds easy when we say it. And certainly when I first started my business, I was very much of the send a proposal and sit and wait for it to come back. And Mm. of course, they just scroll down and get to the investment and then make the decision based on that. So I think one of the biggest things that I've evolved in my business is the sales side of it and actually speaking to prospective clients and getting a yes or a no on the call, Um, which I've definitely had to adopt a growth mindset for that because it's scary asking somebody like looking at them either in person or on Zoom or on a call saying, well do you want to proceed and waiting to get their answer um but that's one of the biggest shifts i'm trying to make with my clients is helping them to right you've got your marketing strategy let's implement it but let's really dial into that growth mindset approach to the sales side of things as well yeah and that's where i think you know like where you need to learn to enjoy some of these things that you actually see as being scary so Mm -hmm. like to use like a crap analogy, nobody really enjoys holding 80 kilos above their head in the gym, <laughs> but they feel great afterwards because they mm-hmm. did it. And like, I've been in sales situations where I've presented all the information the person's needs, they know what the price is. And then I basically said, look, and now it's over to you. And my record pause in that moment is 17 minutes where I've sat, <laughs> sat opposite someone whilst they're thinking about it. And if I speak, oh my God. if I speak, I lose, but your whole body is screaming at you to say something, but that, that would be fixed mindset where you're trying to make that person feel better about yeah. the pressure. And yeah, I can't do that. That has just given me a flashback to when I was negotiating with a car salesman about my first car and I was determined not to speak before he would and the silence just went on and on but I did get the deal that I asked for Um, but no that is incredibly hard to do when you're faced with a potential client and you're waiting for them to make the decision. (laughs) Yeah but if you can do that if you can hold the silence and hold the, the space whilst you hold the silence yeah you can do anything in business once you've cracked them in that you know, standing next to or start sitting opposite someone who's quite scary in business and just not cracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a powerful play for negotiating with suppliers, for uh, getting deals over the line, for talking to your staff when you're doing one-to-ones. You can use mm-hmm. it in so many places. And I see so many people 
take the comfortable option and then and then kind of complain that they're not getting the, the results that they wanted yeah it's really interesting you know when you talk about um so obviously that's a skill that you've got whether you've developed that skill of being able to hold that space and hold that silence yeah. for that person to think like I'm definitely the opposite to you where I have to fill any kind of silence with mm. babble or be very conscious to like actually hold back if it is yeah. a sales conversation but I think it's good for your listeners or anybody really in business to be aware of like their strengths and weaknesses so for me I know that 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 silence thing is a weakness of mine. I mm. always want to try and chat over it. And um, when we think about positive psychology, I don't know if you've heard of the VIA character strengths. It's like these 24 strengths that globally humans have across no, the world, right? Talk so story. it's interesting. If you have a, if you Google VIA character strengths, there's a free survey you can take. So my top strength out of the 24 is humor. So I am one of these people who likes to make everybody feel at ease or make people laugh. I'm quite the joker. And when I got that result back of doing that strengths test, I was actually super annoyed because I was like, what help is humor in building and scaling a business? I was yeah. like, so mad, like, damn it. Why have you got the worst strength as number one? But I actually use it all of the time in business um, and it's actually really useful. But I think being aware of your strengths, like whether you do the VIA or there's also Gallup is another strengths profiling um, thing you can take. But knowing where your what your greatest strengths are and actually putting those into play more in your business, yeah, hundred percent, is even better than looking at well, what was the strength that came out on the bottom? Which actually, for me, I've got them next to me on here. I think prudence was my <laughs> like the number okay. the bottom strength, um, but yeah, humor was up there, and also social intelligence. So bringing together groups of people and making everybody feel at ease and yeah, and having stuff. empathy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So utilizing those your strengths, like understanding what they are and understanding what your weaknesses are too. So if you know that maybe um, sales conversations are somewhere that you fall down there can be um some actions that you can take to either get better so for me i took i got some sales coaching like yeah, teach me how to sell right same, i have yeah, no yeah. idea but the other thing you can do is also bolster yourself ahead of those conversations or tasks in your business where you are going to be using something you're not so great at that isn't a strength for you um and one of the good ways to do that in like positive psychology terms is to use something called positivity boosters i don't know if you've ever heard of those but it's where you do something that's going to naturally kind of like boost you up make you feel really good ahead of going into that tricky yeah. thing that you know is going to drain you um so I tend to do it with the gym. In fact, I did it this morning, Joel. I went to the gym. So I do my 9.30 a.m. class. And then I always find that if I work from the cafe after that, you know, all the endorphins, like holding that 80-pound weight above my head or whatever you said earlier, I can then do um, a task that would normally be quite tricky. So normally yeah. for me, it'd be like writing a sales page or something like bash. Yeah, it puts you like in, like, I call that flow state. Yeah. So it puts yes. you in flow state. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's something there for your listeners if they're thinking, well, what can I do? to get myself in the zone before a sales call do something yeah. that you love well you've given the you game feel... you're giving the game away on something i'm doing at the moment so i mm -hmm. uh in the middle of august i decided to walk a million meters before 2024 so ev every wow. day i have to walk seven kilometers which right. seven kilometers is quite far but it's not really far mm. but it's a bloody long way when you've got to do it every day yeah and it, and how do you, you make time for that get up earlier basically okay. uh, <laughs> cool. but um but my flow state has extended because of that yeah that's so interesting so my flow state was maybe half eight till half ten before and now yeah. it's like half eight till half one 
So, I'm so getting, you can just I'm finish the day at half one then. Yeah, I'm getting more done. Yeah. Amazing. That's exactly it. And when you talk about flow, so think from like a well-being point of view, like all of the studies around flow and positive psychology have shown that if you can get into a flow state at least once a week, then it, it boosts your like positive emotions and how fulfilled yeah. and, you know, your sense of well-being. So you're really lucky that you can get into flow like every day if you're doing the walk. Um, but if people are listening and wondering what their version of flow could be, like you have to think of something that's kind of a level of challenging that means you kind of have to concentrate. So if you think of an activity that you could do to get into flow, a really good one is like playing a musical instrument or mm. even video games count. So it's something that's going to challenge your level of skill, but you feel fully immersed in. So it can't be so hard that you just give up and think this is too difficult, but it can't be so easy that it's like too automatic. So that's where kind of playing a musical instrument comes into play. Like for me, I find it a lot with copywriting. So I've, re- I've written a book, Joel, that's out in November. So I should give that awesome. a plug. Yeah, nice. Um, positive productive is going to be out on the 9th of November but I actually found I got into flow writing the book so it was you know it's difficult to write a book but just the right level of difficult for me that it was still enjoyable and fully immersive so it's that kind of thing where you can sit there and you've been writing for an hour and you look up and go oh god I thought that was five minutes yeah yeah exactly that's a great description of flow state that you don't feel like you're grinding it doesn't hurt and and time goes quickly but it is challenging yeah and yeah you're lucky if you can find that in your week like most people don't get into flow at all they just go through like I'm talking about employed people I think as entrepreneurs we have more opportunity maybe to find that level of challenge yeah I worked with a coach I worked with a coach to make sure I could find my flow state every day yeah that's so cool because I so long story short people have heard it on the podcast before but we went from a seven-figure agency pre-covid to nearly zero during covid Mm. And I wanted to get it back to seven figures as quickly as possible. And and one of my five solutions was flow state. So yeah, uh, I love that. And I, the thing that I really like to sort of dive into you, into with you was um, obviously we're talking about positive psychology, and we're talking about um, fulfillment was something you've just mentioned. Yeah. Something you haven't mentioned is happiness, and I talk to clients about mm-hmm. this a lot because they. A lot of a lot of my clients and people that I meet in business mistake feeling content and fulfilled with being happy. Yeah. And and uh, personally, I think there's a real risk with chasing happiness because the opposite of happiness is sadness, basically, and you're putting yourself on the on the up down roller coaster. Mm. And actually, if you're fulfilled and content, it doesn't matter if your emotional state is happy or sad you're still all right that's so interesting you say that so I'm currently reading a book on happiness by I've forgotten his name the monk guy you've probably heard of him but yeah um, yeah. but you have to add it in the show notes if people you you won't believe me but I'm going to a talk by him on Friday okay cool (laughs) (laughs) but in terms of happiness right the better way I think to look at it is positive emotions so instead of striving for happiness strive for positive emotions and there is a positive psychologist Barbara Fredrickson who's listed out 10 positive emotions of which one is joy but there's also gratitude serenity um 
like, yeah, gratitude is a big one. Like hope for the future as well is a positive emotion. So I think instead of chasing that happiness, which we can often as- associate with quite a high, like maybe you feel really happy when you've mm. gone on holiday or you've just purchased a, I don't know, design a bag or something you've been coveting for ages. Actually after that, then you come back down again quite quickly. Yeah. So it's better to strive for more positive emotions in life, which can just be that feeling of peace or calmness. Is I a love that. Emotion. I love that. And I think people listening will be like, oh, what's the difference between joy and happiness? But if you think about it, like I've never had children, but if I imagine when you have a child, that is a feeling of joy. Or when you get to the top of a mountain and look at the vista, that's a feeling of joy. It's not the yeah. same as happiness. Happiness is like a material emotion. And it, it really scares me sometimes where I meet people who, you kind of see it with drug addicts. It's a horrible thing to say, but they're, mm. ch- they're chasing either the excitement or the happiness. They're not chasing the fulfilled joy of of like a worthwhile pursuit yeah absolutely yeah the other i've just googled the emotions to bring them up in front of me and the other ones are serenity i mentioned interest so having that interest and absorption in what you're doing which i think as entrepreneurs, we're amazingly well-placed to be able to craft a work life that we love. You know, like we've left working for the man. We're doing our own thing. So why not try and do the bits of your work that you love the most? And I'm a big fan of delegating and outsourcing. So anything yeah. that I don't like doing, I'll give that to somebody else. Love that. Um, but there's also pride and amusement, inspiration, or So there's lots of, like the range of positive emotions is much broader than just that feeling of, I'm so happy right now. Because you can't maintain that for longer than a few seconds anyway, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, like happiness yeah. is really hard to cling on to. And you can play it the other way. So um, when people are really sad or when they're really anxious, like so, like I've suffered with anxiety, but I would say to clients or friends if they're suffering with anxiety, I'm like, it's, not, it's the same emotion as excitement. You're just putting a different perspective on it. Uh, yeah, it's really uh, interesting. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like... Imagine how you feel when you're excited, like you get butterflies, you feel your chest goes quite tight, you might get a little bit sweaty. I was like, how do you feel when you get anxious? Well, I get butterflies, my chest goes a bit tight, I get a little bit sweaty. And then I'm like, yeah, all you're doing is putting a positive or a negative thought on it. And whereas with joy or like serenity is a great one, you you can't dress serenity up as anything else. Exactly. That feel, you know, like when someone interrupts you when you're staring into space, but you feel great and you're not thinking about anything. That is the most annoying moment in anybody's (laughs) life ever. Yeah. Do you know what? I saw a meme earlier with a cat meowing. It was like, my cat disturbing my amazing dream. It's like, like, it's my life. Every night, my cat meows and wakes me up out of some kind of (laughs) sweet reverie. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a dog alarm clock. So I get that. (laughs) So, So, you've been an awesome guest. Two more questions that I ask every guest. Okay. Question number one, what's the best mistake you've ever made? The best mistake? Well, you know, because I'm so growth mindset oriented, I'm going to have to really struggle to think of something. Um, in life or business? Probably business, um, do you think? I, I don't mind. I've got a business one. So I think the best mistake I ever made was the first six months of my business, I said yes to any client ever because I had that goal of I'm quitting my job. I just need to make back my salary within month one, which I did. But to do that, I basically became marketing manager for about six or seven different companies and I wasn't charging enough money. 
So I was vastly undercharging. Yeah, so I had all these different bosses and it was even worse, dare I say. Well, it wasn't worse than being employed. I liked my old job, by the way, but um, it wasn't what I'd envisaged for my business. So I realized that, look, I've took on all these clients saying, yes, just because I can do it, even though I don't actually want to for the money, which led me to resent some of the work and so on. So that was the best mistake because six months into my business, after getting a little bit of mindset coaching, I burned it all down and I let go of 90% of my clients and made barely any money that month. But the next month I committed fully to just working with people who I wanted to work with on the projects that I wanted to work on. And my business just went shoom, like straight up. It was amazing. Took me, so, yeah. took me 10 years to learn that lesson. Did it? Oh, I feel so proud I did it in six yeah, months. That's <laughs> but awesome. I'm not running a seven figure agency yet, Joel, but you know. <laughs> well, it doesn't, it's, still, it's all relative, it, you know. <laughs> It's, if, if you feel more serene than me you're more successful than me so it's <laughs> like if there's people listening to this podcast and they know they're a yes person or they're like a hyper people pleaser or mm. they are taking on work they don't want to do for the money stop fucking doing that stop it's right so now. hard like I have so many clients though people that come to me and I can see them working with these clients I'm like why are you doing that for 200 pound a month they're like well are they over deliver and it is definitely the people pleasers are the worst but it can be really hard to turn that down but I think you've got to lean into it's the risk thing right so think about it logically from a growth mindset point of view if you're serving five clients for barely any money and you're really resenting it it's taking all your time and energy what would happen if you said goodbye to those clients and then you actually had the time and energy and joy again to market yourself to the people you really want to work with? Like no bad things can come from saying goodbye to those clients yeah. that are not paying you enough. But I feel and, really strongly about that. And the other objection I get is, are oh, they a really good payer? And yeah, they I, pay on time. Of course they do, because they're paying you nothing. So they know well, they yeah, of you. they're going to have to pay someone else more. Yeah, uh, but we even we've had clients who are getting paid a fortune by people they hate working for. Okay, and, yeah, sure. And I, and I remind them to go back to what why they started a business in the first place, what their reasons for doing it and what their legacy looks like. And no, nowhere in that did it say working for dickheads. So it's like, <laughs> That's not your meaning and purpose. It's not on your vision board, is it? Yeah, ex- exactly. And there's <laughs> no amount of money is worth it. Like, don't sacrifice your joy for, for one of them. For, for other people because you're letting down your other clients if you're not showing up in the right growth energy that you need to be in mm-hmm. you're letting down the other clients by serving that dickhead so yeah love that yeah you should put that on a post-it note or on a bumper oh, sticker it's probably on the wall <laughs> in here somewhere we used to have it's called a dhc i've told i've told this story before on the podcast so i'll keep it brief but we used to have a dhc to quotes for people we didn't like which is dickhead, dickhead charge Oh, uh, <laughs> but the problem was some people chose to pay it. So it you'd still end up working for them, but they were a good payer. But it wasn't worth it. Why? Yeah, why, worth should, it. why should I sacrifice my mental health for someone that hasn't got any manners? But you know, those clients, there's always a red flag, isn't there? I found with all of them, like the people that I've said yes to, there was always something, whether it was on the sales call or in the email exchange or something that gave me your, that niggle. Your, yours will be the same as ours. It's the... I've worked with three other marketing professionals before now, (laughs) 
and it hasn't and worked they out. None of them were any good. Yeah, it's like, like on your th- on your third divorce, it's your fault. Fuck off. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. So. so I think, but honestly, one of those those skills that you need to learn as an entrepreneur is to listen to your intuition. Which again, they don't teach you that in business school, and they don't teach you that in corporate life. Or they certainly didn't for me. There was no intuition. Yeah. It was all ROI and KPIs and numbers and facts and figures. None of that. What did your gut tell you? Oh, my yeah. gut's telling me don't go near this person. <laughs> and, and, and I guess if you're a logical person, because some of our listeners certainly will like the word intuition will put fear into them. Oh yeah, it sounds hippy dippy, doesn't it? Yeah, but if you're a logical person, think about it like this. It doesn't matter if your intuition is telling you they're not right for you in terms of your intuition might be wrong. What it could scientifically be is you're just not compatible. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that person. It's just that you know through everything that you've experienced in life that the two you and that person not compatible so you'll probably think they're a dickhead in six months time and they'll think you're a dickhead in six months time so there's no point going down that path quit your losses now quit while you're ahead yeah so Mm, my last question Mm -hmm. very off topic what's your favorite film and why oh my favorite film and why so I'm terrible. It has to be short. You know, if I look at a film by and it's longer than two hours, I think I haven't got time for that. Okay. <laughs> I hate sitting still. Um, but let me think. It's got to have a banging soundtrack. I'm really into my music. I really like Donnie Darko. Do you remember that one? Yeah. With um, what's his name in it? Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Hall. Yeah, yeah. Because I like the music, and it's one of those films that I haven't watched it for a few years, but it's one of them where I could sit down and watch it over and over again. Yeah. I think because it's weird. And I like the music. And it was one of those where it really got me thinking at the end, like, what? Like, what's happening here? Have you seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about? So I feel bad because I'm really into films and I've never seen Donnie Darko. Right. Well, you should 100% watch it because it it is a good one. And it was huge. Like, I think I'm the era where it was aimed at me. I just didn't, for some reason, it passed me by. I think it probably still stands the test of time. I'll have to dust off the DVD and give it another will. (laughs) But yeah, that's one of my favorite films. It must be on one of the streaming platforms. I'll dig it out. Oh, yeah. Nice one. Kelly, you've been an amazing guest. How can people find you? All right. Well, I'm at Cheer Up Marketing on Instagram. So come find me there. I am on LinkedIn, Kelly Cookson, and I've got a Facebook group. If you're into email marketing, because that's like my zone of marketing genius, you can search for From Spam to Wham and you'll find my Facebook group where I teach email marketing. And I've also got some marketing and mindset related freebies on my website, cheeropmarketing.com slash free. So have a look there, download those and you'll jump on my email list. And then I will promise to entertain you because as you know, my top character strength is humor. So hopefully my emails are entertaining, but jump on my email list and I'll send you more good marketing stuff. You've set the bar high now. You've promised me (laughs) hilarious emails. I didn't say hilarious. I said I'm I'm funny. (laughs) Well, I'll be the judge. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Kelly, (laughs) thank you for being a wicked guest. Thank you so much for having me. 